I was just uh, praying this afternoon and about what to what to share, and um, these verses came to me. Out of Galatians. Galatians chapter 6. And uh, I'm just going to read from verse 6. It says, Let the one who is taught the word share all good things with the one who teaches. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked for whatever one sows that will he also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. And let us not grow weary of doing good. For in due season we will reap if we do not give up. So then, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone and especially to those who are of the household of faith. Just want to, want to pull out a few thoughts from these, these verses. Especially, I was caught by this um, idea of not giving up. Let's, let's not lose heart. Let's not give up. So, so many believers drop out of the race of faith. And usually it's not because of theology. There's not that many people you can meet go, oh yeah, I used to be a Christian or I used to follow Jesus or I, I used to serve in the church. But for deeply theological reasons, uh, having studied things extensively, I came to the conclusion that I would, I would no longer do those things. I'd no, I wouldn't serve anymore. I wouldn't pursue Jesus anymore. It's, that's, that's rare. Usually what happens is we just get worn down. We just get worn out. We start to lose heart. We start to wonder, is it all worth it? All these years of commitment, all these years of sacrifice, all of the giving, all of the ser serving, is it, is it really all worth it? I wonder, maybe someone here tonight, that's how you've been feeling in your life lately. I know I've been through seasons in my life where I've, where I've felt that way, uh, particularly when, when discouragement comes and um, when the difficulties of, of life, of rubbing up against other Christians come. You know it's a miracle that the church, that there's even a church. It's a miracle that we're a body joined together and that we belong to each other. You know the scripture says that I belong to you and you belong to me. We belong to each other. And that I can't do without you and you can't do without me. We used to sing this song in the church that I grew up in. I grew up in this little church in Cornwall and a little country church in the middle of nowhere. Three houses and a and a church building, that was, that was it. People used to come from the country, go in there. June used to play the upright piano. It was slightly out of tune, but that's okay. And we used to sing this song. Maybe you've sung it here in, 
in Monaghan. We used to sing, bind us together, Lord. Bind us together with cords that cannot be broken. Do you remember that? Is, is that a familiar song? Bind us together. Our pastor, Gary, used to make us hold hands, which I hated when I was a kid. I didn't want to hold hands with somebody else, you know. Across the aisle, hold hands across the aisle, and we'd sing, bind us together, Lord. Bind us together with cords that cannot be broken. And I, it's a good song. It's, it's, um, it's a good prayer. But sometimes a more appropriate one is, is uh, I think it should be called Grind Us Together, Lord. Grind Us Together. Because that's kind of how it works sometimes, isn't it? We sort of rub up against each other. And when you rub up against me, you find all of my faults. And when I rub up against you, I find all of your rough bits. And then we have, to, we have to work those things out as Christians. We have to walk in love and grace and forgiveness and peace toward each other. But it says here, Paul says in this sixth chapter of Galatians, let us not grow weary of doing good. For in due season we will reap it's a powerful thought, isn't it? I think one of the things we need to do is remember that the way church life works, the way ministry works, uh, he says it here, it works in the, with the principle of sowing and reaping. It's about sowing and reaping. Which means that year after year after year after year, if you're, if you're a, a church member, if you're a Christian, year after year after year, you're sowing seeds, sowing seeds, sowing seeds, sowing seeds, believing that actually there's going to come a harvest from what you've sown. Do you believe that? Do you believe when you get out of bed on Monday mornings that you have the opportunity to change the world around you just by sowing the right seed? Do you believe it? Do you get out of bed tomorrow morning and go, Here, it's another day, I'm alive. I tell you, going through seasons of bad health made me appreciate life a lot more. I want to live every day like it matters. I want to get out of bed in the morning and not be jaded and tired and cynical. I want to get out of bed in the morning with faith in my heart with expectation that because I serve the God of the universe, anything could happen today. And I want to look for opportunities to sow seeds of love and kindness and joy and hope. Is that the way you're living your life? I want to encourage you, people of Monaghan Elim, be that kind of people who, who make it your life's work to sow the right kind of seed wherever you go, believing that there will be a harvest. Because that's what it says here. It says, we'll reap a harvest if we do not give up. And it says this phrase, in due season. Oh, don't you wish that wasn't in there? Don't you wish it just said, sow a seed and like in five minutes you'll have an instant harvest? Wouldn't that be good? Just go out and sow the right seed and boom, the next day it'll all be better. But that's not how God works. He works in due season. He works in his
time. Sometimes you're sowing seeds today that are going to be reaped a month from now, a year from now, five years from now, ten years from now. Have you thought about this? You might be sowing seeds in your life that if the Lord tarries, you never see the harvest of. Another generation sees the harvest of the commitment and the giving and the loving and the serving that that you do for Jesus' glory. He says in verse 10, so as we have the opportunity, let's do, do good to everyone, especially those of the household of faith. I love that idea too, of being the kind of person that just looks for opportunities, just looks for opportunities to talk to somebody, share Jesus with somebody. There's a lady I know, uh, she's in a, a church now and she never knew anything about Jesus she was a very successful businesswoman made a lot of money lived in a very large house in Cheshire very very successful but as so often happens life caught up with her and things started going wrong internally and relationally And all of her success and all of her money wasn't producing the life that she thought it would. Those things can't rescue us when we come to those tough seasons of life. And she's sitting in a park wondering what on earth she's going to do. And another lady I know who's this little old Christian lady from our church is walking through the park on an average day. It's just a normal day. It's not a special day, it's, it's just, it's a day like tomorrow. And as she walks through the park, she hears that little whisper of God's spirit, that feels that little nudge, that little prompt. To, she notices this other lady sitting on a park bench, and she thinks, I need to go and talk to that lady. And then she has a moment. Do you ever have these kind of moments? The sort of shall I, shan't I moment? Do I or don't I? The moment where your heart wants to, but you're scared to death. I don't want to get it wrong. I don't know what to say. My friend went through all of that, and she's not a preacher. She's not, she wouldn't call herself an evangelist. But on this particular moment, she sees an opportunity to do good someone's life and she wanders up to the park bench and she sits down and like you do when you're sitting on a park bench with another stranger you sort of look ahead and a few moments go by and she sort of looked to the side and finally plucked up some courage and she said hello little word but it's a good word hello isn't it sort of introduces you to people She said, hello, and the woman said, hello, and they just started talking. And the successful businesswoman uh, started sharing about how her world was kind of falling apart. And my other friend, the little old lady said, "Um, well, has anyone ever told you about Jesus? (laughs) Sounds like a funny thing to say to a complete stranger in a park, doesn't it? 
Has anyone ever told you about Jesus? But we started this evening saying that that name, the name of Jesus, has power in the name. It has ability to change people's lives. And the successful woman looked at my little old friend and said, no, not really. No one's ever told me about Jesus. And so she told her. I said, hey, listen, uh, here's my number. If, if you want to, uh, you could come to church on Sunday. I, I could come and pick you up and we could go together. And she said, okay. When she came to church, she sat. I remember her coming to church. I still remember her walking through the back door. And she sat in the back for week after week after week after week because sometimes it takes a while for people to come to faith. And as the weeks went by, she got closer and closer. And then one day she gave her life to Christ. She's now, she's been in church for years now. Serving the Lord. But how did her life turn around? It all turned around on a normal day where just a regular member of the church saw an opportunity. Was living with her eyes open. And actually believe that maybe a conversation could change someone's life. Are you living with that kind of expectancy? Or have you just got a little bit tired, a little bit jaded? And church life becomes about the same old, same old routine. The one who sows to the flesh will of the flesh reap corruption, but the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. Let's not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. If, if I was the devil, if I was the devil, I know exactly what I would try to do in your life. I would try to get you to give up. I would try to discourage you, disappoint you, frustrate you. I would do what I, we talked about this morning in church. I would try to stir up all those negative, destructive emotions. Because I know if I can discourage you and get you to give up, then part of that light shining in the darkness starts to get diminished. It starts to lose its brightness. It, it doesn't shine like it used to. I was, um, I'll tell you one more story and then we'll, we'll wrap things up. But um, 25 years of traveling around with a guitar. Uh, I wish I could tell you that every time I jumped in my car or got on a plane, I was full of expectancy. Many times I have been, but there's times I got jaded. There's times I got disappointed. There's times I wondered if it was all worth it. One time, I was invited to go down to London. I live in Cheshire, uh, which is in sort of the, more in the north of, of England. And I was invited to go down to London to, I thought, record a couple of songs for a Christian TV show. Um, 
this Christian TV station, you know, it's on satellite TV. I don't have satellite TV, so I don't ever watch uh, uh, Christian TV, but I'm sure many of you do. And so I called my friend Dan, who's a guitar player, and I said, hey, mate, I'm supposed to go to London, record a couple of songs. I'm going to play them at some point. Could you meet me at the studio and back me up on your guitar and we'll just do it together? Sure, no problem. We arrange it. We go to London, go down on the train, get to the studio. When I got to the studio, like a lot of Christian things, it looked good on the telly, but behind the scenes it was held together with blue tack and sellotape. You know what I mean? It was all a bit disorganized and jumbled. We spent quite a long time just trying to find a lead guitar lead that would work. It was that sort of level. And uh, as we're getting closer to the time that we're going to record these couple of songs, the producer said to me, so um, remember, you're going out live. I said, we're, we're what? He said, uh, you're, you're going out live. It's live? I thought we were taping a couple of songs. You know, it's going out live. And you've got an hour. And it's just you. So what are you going to do? I said, I don't know. So I grabbed Dan and a back of an envelope. And between us, we worked out how many songs do we actually know together that we could play without any rehearsal. And we, the clock is ticking. We're, now we're going out live for an hour in 10 minutes and we're scribbling songs on the back of an envelope. Like, do you know that one? What key's that in? I don't know, I can't remember. You know, it was pandemonium. It's crazy. There was no audience in the studio, just five cameras. And then they started saying, okay, we're on in 60 seconds, we're on in 30 seconds. And as they said, we're on in 30 seconds, the producer of the show, came up and said, by the way, make sure you talk to the people at home, and laughed. And so there I am, five, four, three, two, one. Hello, people of the world. I didn't know what I'm doing. I've never done anything like that on TV. There's no script. There's, there's an hour to fill. So we start playing our songs. The sound is awful can hardly hear what we're playing, but you smile your way through it. It was one of those situations, have you ever been in a situation like where you've got an hour to fill and after it feels like you've been going for three hours and only 10 minutes has gone by and you still got 50 minutes to fill, it was one of those. We got to the end of every song and we played the final chord, ring. It was dead quiet in the studio. There was no, nobody to look at, no smiling faces, nothing. I hated every moment of it. I hated it. It was like one of those situations where you're trying to be graceful like a swan on the surface and paddling like crazy underneath just to keep going. Finally, finally the clock counted down. This hour of torture was up. And we were off air, and the producer came out and said, oh, I thought that went quite well. Said, yeah, I wanted a head button. But anyway, we, we got through it. We got, we left, said cheerio to my friend Dan. I got on the train, and we're on the train, I'm on the train back up to Manchester, a couple of hours. 
And I said to the Lord, Lord, please don't ever do that to me again. Please don't ever put me in one of those situations. I hated that God. What was all that about? It was terribly organized. The sound was awful. It was, it was chaos everywhere. I didn't know what I was going to. Lord, please don't ever do that to me again. Dear Lord, amen. Have you ever had a situation like that in your life? Maybe not on TV, but have you ever been doing something for him and driven away going, I don't ever want to do that again? Six months go by. And I'm checking email one day. And I get this email out of the blue from a guy I don't know. And he says, uh, Steve, I hope this message gets to you. He said, uh, you don't know me, but um, six months ago, I was really at a low point in my life. My marriage was on the rocks. I was struggling with all kinds of internal issues. And I was doing the ironing one night, and I was watching Sky Sports. And I got frustrated watching the sports, and so I started channel hopping just to see what was on. And I came across this channel, and there was a couple of guys with guitars singing songs. So I just thought I'd listen for a while. And they were singing songs about God and stuff, and I didn't really know what the songs were about. But as I'm ironing and I'm listening to these songs, I felt this feeling I'd never felt before. And I started to cry but it was like a good kind of crying, if you know what I mean. And I felt this sort of warmth and I was crying and I didn't know what was going on. And he said, it was just good. And the next day I went to work and I said to my mate at work, hey, I was watching TV last night and there was these guys and they were singing songs about God and I was crying, but it was good crying, not kind of bad crying. And his mate at work said, I don't know what that is, mate, but I think it's called Christianity. He said, what do you have to do for that? He said, I don't know. I think you need to find a church. So he said, we got the yellow pages out at work and I looked under C for church and I f the first one was a Baptist church and I phoned the number. And a minister of the Baptist church answered the phone and I said, sorry, mate, you don't know me, but I was watching TV last night and this guy was singing about God and I started crying, but it wasn't bad crying. It was good crying. And I need to know what it was all about. And this minister thankfully said, why don't you come and have a chat with me? And this guy said in his email, I just want you to know, I gave my life to Christ and I'm getting baptized tomorrow. You think I sat reading that email feeling really big? No. I sat reading that email feeling really tiny. Even the things we do that we think are complete rubbish. We wonder why on earth did I do that? In the hands of the living God, you never know what he's doing behind it all. Don't grow weary in doing good because in due season, you will reap a harvest if you don't give up.
Lord, I want to pray for those here tonight who lately, maybe for the last few weeks, maybe for the last few years, I don't know, they've, they've just been feeling a little bit jaded and tired. They've been serving you. They've been faithful. They've been committed. But maybe deep down they know that they've lost sight of why they do the things they do and who they do them for. And I pray, Lord, that tonight, even now in this moment of prayer, you would ignite a fresh passion in people's hearts by the power of the Holy Spirit to serve you with fresh enthusiasm, with fresh faith, to get out of bed each day believing that all things are possible because we serve the living God. Lord, I ask you you just forgive us where sometimes we, we forget that you are working in ways that we do not see. You are working in ways we do not know. Forgive us when we moan and complain where we get tired and irritable, even with you, Lord. God, I pray that you would give us a belief that we are the light shining in the darkness for your name and for your glory. May we live our lives that way, day by day. May we we grow brighter and brighter for you. Finally, Lord, I pray for anyone in this place tonight who they might be here, but they don't really know you as Lord and Savior. Even right now in this moment of prayer, they they know that they've never really surrendered their life to you. Lord, I thank you that they could do that right now. I pray that even right now they might say, Jesus, I need you in my life. I want to know you in a real way. So Jesus, come into my life and make me a new person. Forgive my sins. Cleanse me. Fill me with your spirit so that I can live for your glory. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Man, well, it's been uh, wonderful to be with you. It's always a pleasure to to uh, be back in Monaghan. Got lots of good memories here. And uh, I think we're done. So go in peace.